we ask you that you would do an incredible work in our heart. And that when we leave here today, we would leave here a little bit different because your word, your scripture, shaped us and changed us. And so with a bold prayer, we ask you to encourage our heart if it's broken, shape it if it needs to be shaped, shape our thinking, shape everything about us, God. That's our prayer. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have you ever joined a gym and then wonder why you did that? That's the question that I've been thinking about as we're getting ready for this message today. We're wrapping up Ephesians today. But, you know, there's different motives for joining a gym. In fact, there's different motives for everything that we do. But when it's all said and done, everything that we do typically comes down to doing something for one of three reasons. First, because we have to. Second, because we ought to. And then third, because we want to. (laughs) So I can report to you that I've joined a gym for all three of those reasons. (laughs) But if you've joined a gym and you go in the first time, you've got your... You've got your membership card and you bought a new little towel and you bought a new pair of socks and you bought a new outfit to go training in. And so you get it all up and, you know, you go in and you've got your new training outfit on and you go in and you open the door and you look out and you go, oh, my goodness, how am I supposed to use all of these machines? Have you ever been overwhelmed before, like feeling I need to get physically strong, but I don't know how to utilize all of these machines to make me physically strong. Well, the reason that I ask you that is because I want you to capture that essence, that feeling that either you've had or you can imagine somebody might have. And I want for us to transport that over into our spiritual life. Because here's what I want for us to understand. And and I'm going to share this first point with you before we open to the Bible this morning. Here's what I want you to understand. Just like it's good for us to be physical strong, It's also important and it's not only important, it's actually commanded to us to be spiritual strong. So that's what we're talking about this morning. And and probably there's people in here who would say, you don't have to tell me that, Pastor. I already know that I need to be uh, spiritual strong. I know that my spiritual muscles need to get strong. I need to have great faith. I need to be able to do great things for God. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Some of you even want that. You may say this morning, I'm not as strong as I'd like to be, but I really wish that I could take steps to get more spiritual strong. That's what I want to help with today. So think of Think of, uh, think of myself. You know, you have that personal trainer if you join the gym and you go in and those people are like looking for you. They're waiting to see somebody walk into that gym and their eyes glass over. Cause they're gonna walk right up to you and say, can I, can I show you how to use this machine? Oh sure, that'd be real helpful. Well come in here, let's look at the contract, right? <laughs> Let me sell you my services. Well listen, here's what I wanna do today. I wanna point out for us in God's Word, Four actions that I believe the Bible teaches us. Paul just lists these for us. Saying, look, you are called to be spiritually strong. In fact, the first verse that we're going to read this morning. Therefore, be strong in the Lord and in the might of God. How do we do that? It sounds so wonderful when we say it out loud. Be strong in Christ. Be strong in the Lord. Nobody would debate that. 
But how? How do we do that? And that's what I, I, that's what I want for us to look at this morning. So Ephesians 6 is where we're at. And I'm grieving a little bit because this has been so spiritually enriching for me over this summer as we've looked at, through the book of Ephesians. And if you're a guest today, if this is your first time, we welcome you. We work really hard, although we're working through a series to make sure that every message is standalone enough so that God can really speak to you. So if you're here for the first time and you're thinking, oh, I've, I've missed the whole series. No, God's word has something for you today. Amen. And we praise God that you're here. While people are turning to Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to know something if you're a guest. We know it takes a lot of courage for you to go to a new place. We welcome you. We welcome you. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, if you have 150 Bible verses memorized, or if you've never owned a Bible in your life, we want to say welcome to you. If you are embraced and following Jesus, or you're just here to check out what the Bible says about faith, we welcome you. We're glad that you're here. We praise God that you're here today. And if you are a guest and you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. There's a couple in the back over here. Feel free to take it and take it with you. And that way you have a copy of God's Word. Also, there's a welcome center we'd love to meet you at after the service if you're a first-time guest. Ephesians chapter 6. We've already filled in the first blank today. Being spiritually strong is commanded. That's something that God wants for us to do. Now the question is, how do we do that? So as we read this text this morning, we're looking for the four ways that Paul says we can become spiritually strong. Starting in verse 10, here's what God's Word says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. There's the command. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not rest against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all of this to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. And also for me that the words might be given to me in my opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So you see here, God is saying for us to proactively prepare for the schemes and the plots of the enemy. With what? With the provision of God. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking specifically about four things that we can do to achieve this command of being strong in the Lord. Because some of us may have the will, some of us may have the want, but some of us may be wondering this morning... How can I achieve that? If you're wondering this morning, then I want to guide you. Just like a 
a coach would take somebody in that gym and say, here's how you achieve strength. Do this machine 400,000 times. And you'll be strong in this area. That's what I want to do. I want to take you to four places in the Bible this morning. And I want you to see what Paul says about doing these actions. The first is to put on the whole armor of God. That's the first step. That's the first action. It's the first thing that we need to be concerning ourselves with doing. Putting on the whole armor of God. If you're making notes this morning, I'm begging you. Write down the word whole. Because a number of times Paul says, don't put on the armor. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, if you're from a military background, you can appreciate this. You wouldn't go out with half of your equipment to the battlefield. In fact, I just have to say, even if you're not from a military background, you have to understand the importance, right, of not going out to the battlefield with half of your equipment. That's what Paul is saying. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, if this stuff is so important, then it kind of begs the question, right? It begs the question, why would somebody not put it on? We look at it in the scripture. Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Walk in his might. How do you do that? You put on the armor of God. Most of us in here uh, hold up the Bible and say, this is the word of God. What it says about my life is what I need to be doing. So in your hearts, you're all saying, yes, we need to put on the whole armor of God. Let's all put on the whole armor of God. And yet still the reality remains, we don't all walk around with the whole armor of God. So why? Why is it that some of us might struggle with putting on the whole armor of God? I want to share with you a couple of ways. And I hope that in sharing with you some reasons and some ways that we don't put on the whole armor of God, that this isn't describing you. But if it is, I want you to feel empowered. I want you to look this morning at your notes and go, that exactly is the spot where I struggle. Not because I want you to feel guilty about yourself. I want you to be... I want you to be educated. I want you to be, uh, I want you to understand where it is that you struggle to put on the armor of God. Now, these aren't coming up on the screen, so if you're making notes, just write them with me. The first is this. The first word that I want you to write down is the word blind. Because some of us don't understand and don't realize that there's an enemy that is seeking to destroy our lives. We walk around blind. Now, maybe you don't, and if you don't, praise God for you. But, but there's, a, there's a contingency of people who would even hold up the Word of God and say, this is, this is my guide for life. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I affirm and follow the Word of God. We don't live our life like there's a real enemy really scheming to really damage our life. Let me give you an illustration. Pretend that you decide to go to the zoo. So you go pay your money. You get your ticket. You walk through the turnstile and you give them and they punch your ticket. You say, have fun at the zoo. So oh, thank you very much. You go in and you're having a good time. You're strolling down reptile way or whatever it's called. And you're looking at the animals and the reptiles and you're going, oh, that's so horrible looking. I'm glad it's on the other side of the glass. And then you go to where the tigers are and the lions and... You're looking going, oh, wow. 
The Lord is magnificent in the way that He put these animals. Have you ever watched in the zoo how these animals just look incredible? And you go and you look at the elephants. And, oh, how cute. And you look at and you get giraffes. Oh, I want to feed the giraffes. And you do the whole zoo thing. And then something crazy happens. Somebody pushes the button that opens up all the cages. And you realize, you just went from the top of the food chain (laughs) to the quarter mark of the food chain. Now you tell me that you go through that experience and it doesn't change the behavior with which you live your life. You see, some of us, as it comes to the enemy, we're just strolling through the zoo, looking at it going, oh, isn't that interesting? We have no idea that there is... An enemy walking up and down looking for his next snack. And I would say to you that some of us are blind. We don't realize that there is an enemy with an intention to do exactly in our life what he did to Adam and Eve. Exactly what he did to Cain and Abel. Exactly what he's been doing for centuries. So why don't we put on the armor of God? Easy. We don't know we're at war. We don't know that we're at war. The next word I want you to write down is the word tired. Some of us know that we're at war because we have been whipped and whipped and whipped. And quite frankly, we are just too beat up to even have a vision of victory in our life. And I want you to know this morning, by God's help, by God's grace, you can have victory. You may be here this morning and your heart is broken and your mind is numb. You're so tired of losing spiritual battles and you're saying, why should I pick up the first piece of armor in the armor of God? I'm just going to lose another war. Collectively, your brothers and sisters are crying out to you saying, don't give up. Put on the armor of God. Because victory for the life of the Christian has everything to do, not with how strong I am, but with how faithful I am to put on the armor of God. And so I want you to know, brother or sister in Christ, if you're experiencing defeat in your spiritual life, if you're not spiritually strong, you may be thinking that that's an indictment on you. No, you just haven't put on the armor of God. Because God's armor is effective for all people at all times against all enemies. That's good news. So some of us are blind. Some of us are tired. Some of us are happy. And you're listening to the pastor going, destructive? I'm liking this stuff that the enemy is feeding me. It's exciting. It feels good. You know, sin is fun for a season until it destroys your life. And so some of you may be in that season. In fact, not, not two months ago, I was talking with somebody here at the church. And they're saying, pray for me, pastor, because I know that I need to give my life to Christ. I said, well, what keeps you back? This person says, I enjoy my sin too much. You see, this is where they're at. And for some of us, even on the other side of faith, those of us who have given our life to Christ, there may still be some things in your life, some sins in your life, some patterns in your life that doesn't honor God. And the reason that you're not putting on the armor of God is because you're happy. You like how it feels for this season. But I want you to know that payment is coming. 
And I want you to know that it, it may be exciting for the moment. You know, when Eve was holding that fruit, the Bible says that she looked at it. And she was hungry. It was good for food, it says. And she looked at it. And it was pleasing to the eye. And it was going to help her be smarter, be like God. And it was exciting for her to think those thoughts. And she took it. Now, some of you may be saying, no, I'm, I'm not involved in the sin. I, I'm not happy about it. But, but you know, if, if the devil's schemes are really this destructive, then we shouldn't even flirt with it. And so some of us, that's what we do, right? We don't put on the armor of God. Not that we've jumped in head first, but we're flirting with this thing. We're, we're flirting with this lifestyle. We're flirting with this life, uh, type of life that, is, that, that really is the scheme of the devil really is a scheme of the enemy. So so we're talking about why don't people put on the armor of God? Because the, putting on the armor of God is the first action for soul strength. We've talked about being blind. We've talked about being tired. We've talked about being happy. The third word, uh, excuse me, the fourth word that I'd like for you to write down is the word pride. I don't need God's armor. I'm strong enough. Now both male and female struggle with this. But guys, can we just be honest for a second? It's really hard for us to accept that we need any help in any area of our life. And I totally understand the thinking that I don't need anybody's help. I can do it myself. I can figure it out. My physical muscles are strong enough and my willpower is strong enough and my spiritual life is strong enough. Listen, listen to me. Put on the armor of God. Put on, it doesn't say if you're not strong enough then to put on. It says put on the armor of God. Be strong in the Lord. How? Put on the armor of God. I'm not saying that you're not wise. I'm not saying that you're not strong. I'm not saying that you're not awesome and the stuff and everything, you know, that makes us feel good about us. I'm just saying you need the armor of God. Because you may be amazing, but there's an enemy with schemes. So put on the armor of God. So put on the armor of God. And so we've talked about the importance of that word, the whole armor of God. We've looked at some reasons why we might not be putting on the armor of God. And hopefully not. you don't connect with any of those. But if you do, I want you to be empowered at least with the knowledge of some reasons why you might be struggling. Now, once you put on the armor of God, what is the next step? The next step is to stand. And I don't mean literally right now. You don't need to stand up where you're at, all right? But show up. That's what Paul says. Put on the armor of God so that when the day of testing comes, you will be able to stand. Therefore, I tell you, stand. Stand up and be counted. Get in the fight. Stand up. Stand in the armor of God. We need that. If we want spiritual strength, if we want to be able to go to work or stay at home tomorrow or whatever it is that we're doing tomorrow and be strong in the Lord, we need to put on the armor of God. We need to stand in it. We need to stand after we've put on the armor of God. And it seems almost a, a, a little logical, right? Put it on and then get up and get ready for the fight. But the fight against what? And what am I standing against? Well, we've already mentioned it, the schemes. 
The schemes of the enemy one. Now, if, if this, the word schemes literally is where we get the word method from. The, the, so this is talking about the strategies or the methods of the evil one. The one who is against the kingdom of God, right? And so we're to stand against that. You may be saying, I'd be happy to. But how do I put on the armor of God? Pastor, you've talked about the importance of it. You've said why some of us don't. You've talked about that we have to put on the armor of God. But how do I put it on? How do I put on the armor of God and stand? I want to give you four really, really, really practical things. And here's what I want to give them. The very first time I ever heard this passage taught in student ministry, my student pastor was preaching on this pastor, uh, on this passage. I was the most confused person on the planet. I was a new believer. I literally thought there was a closet somewhere with the stuff that we're supposed to put on. I had no idea. And if that's what you're thinking right now, look, I was where you're at. But if there's not a closet with it somewhere where we literally put it on, okay, pastor, but what do I do to put on the armor of God? Walk me step by step of how to put this stuff on. Understand it's important. I understand sometimes we don't understand all that. What do we do? I'm going to give you four words. They all, I want it, I want it to be memorable because I remember how I feel, how I felt when I was hearing this and wanting to, but didn't know how to do it. They, all four words start with the letter A. The first is this, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, part of the armor of God is to put on the helmet of salvation. There is no way for you to have salvation unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the single avenue to salvation. That is the single gate that you have to walk through in order to have salvation. So if you're going to put on the helmet of salvation, the Word of God says that we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So step one, if I want to actually and literally put on the armor of God, I need to make sure that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. The second word is absorb absorb the word of God, absorb the Bible. There's three parts of the armor that I think really are impacted by this. The first one is the sword of the spirit, which Paul goes on to say is the word of God. But there's two others, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And if you're not anchored to the word of God, You're not pursuing truth. Where are we taught what righteousness is? Where are we taught where righteousness comes from? Where are we taught what the righteous life looks like? In the Word of God. And so the first practical way that we can put on the armor of God is to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. To surrender our life to His Lordship. The second to absorb the Word of God. The third, the Word, is attention. Attention. Always take up the shield of faith. How can I grow my faith? By giving your attention to the Lord. Here's what I mean by that. When we focus on the character and the power of God, our problem shrinks. Did you know that? Now, when we give our attention to the problems that we have, and we give our attention to what could go wrong, 
when we give our attention to the devastating things that could happen, if all of these things come true collectively, well, we're not giving our attention to the Lord. And it doesn't help our faith. So this morning, if we're saying, what can I do to always take up the shield of faith? What can I do? Here's what you can do. You can make it a pattern, a cycle in your life to remind yourself of the character and the power of God. Two important things that we can do to grow our faith and help us to take up the shield of faith. The shield of faith, according to the scripture, is what? Go back and look with me if you would. Verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. So in all circumstances, give your attention to who God is. Not how big your issue is. Not how big your struggle is. Not how big your circumstance is. Not how big your problem is. But give your attention to who God is. In all circumstances, take up that shield of faith so that you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Honest disclosure. I've never been hit literally with a flaming dart. But when I read that, I just think to myself, how uncomfortable that must be. And that's all the motivation I need. I don't need to experience this flaming dart physically and literally to know how important it is to take up the shield of faith. Now, remember, we don't just want to take up one thing. We want to take up all of them. And we're saying, what can we do to really accomplish that? Well, we can accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can absorb God's word. We can give our attention to God's character and ability. The last word is awareness. Before we move on to this third action, the last word is awareness. Awareness that I carry the gospel every single place that I go. Every thresh, every door that I walk through, every threshold that I walk over, the gospel is coming with me because I'm a child of the Most High. I'm a participant and a joint heir with Jesus in the kingdom of God. There's no place that I go that the gospel doesn't go. And so the, the author, Paul, is talking about these shoes. As for your feet, I'm in verse 10, excuse me, verse 15. As for Shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. What does that mean? It means that we're wearing gospel readiness to take us anywhere that we need to go. And to serve whoever we need to serve. And to bear the light for whoever it is that we need to bear the light. So how do we get spiritually strong? We put on the armor of God. And we stand in it. Before we move on to three and four, I just want to make this point. Paul says that sometimes when it's all said and done, the very best that you're going to do is to stand. Sometimes the very best that you can do is to just stand. That's okay. If this week you simply remain faithful to Jesus, you've done enough. He doesn't say put on the armor of God so that you can march forth and crush the enemy. He says put on the armor of God so that you can stand. You know, there's an implication that if you don't put on the armor of God, you can't stand. 
you won't be able to stand. Action three. Pray constantly in the Spirit. Now, this comes from, once they've talked about the armor of God, I mean, verse 17 is talked about, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Look at verse 18. Praying at all times. If you're one of those people who think it's okay to write in your Bible, circle that phrase, at all times. Praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. So about five years ago, God really convicted me that my prayer life was not where it meant to be. Now, I was diligent in Bible study, working hard at home to be the husband God wanted me to be, to be the father God wanted me to be, really in Bible study, did, did my due diligence in sermon prep. But, oh, my goodness, when I just sat quietly before the Lord, I just felt like my prayer life was wanting. And so I said, okay. You know what happens when God shows you something and you need to correct? Like you go way out there. And I said, okay, every morning before my family wakes up, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pray for an hour and a half. And so the first day I woke up, yes, I woke up. And I read a little verse of scripture about prayer. And I started praying. And about an hour in, I felt like, and this this was at the time, it was 5 o'clock in the morning. That's when I wanted to begin my prayer time. And so about 6 o'clock, I'm concluding, I'm thinking to myself, I can't get to an hour and a half. And so I stop and I look at my clock and it was 5.05. (laughs) And I realized (laughs) that what felt like an hour was really five minutes. Now you may be thinking, I'm not following this pastor. If he can't pray for more than five minutes, well look. I'm just being honest with you. (laughs) At 5 o'clock in the morning, five minutes feels like an hour. Okay? But isn't it true that we can look at texts about praying constantly, but where that collides with our life, it can be troubling. You may be saying, I would love to to do that. I don't know how to pray for five minutes. How can I pray constantly? I want to help you. I want you to look back at the Scripture. I want you to see what Paul says about prayer. He says, praying for all the saints. I assure you, if you were to spend time praying by name for all the saints, just at the fellowship, not even in our county, just at the fellowship, you will pray beyond five minutes. You you will spend a lot of time praying if you're praying for all of the saints. And Paul, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how important it is that we pray serious prayers and big prayers. Look what Paul is saying to pray for us. If we're looking for what can I do to really extend the amount of time that I'm praying or how can I pray better, pray for the saints, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And look what Paul says. He says, and pray for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. My goodness, what a thing to pray for. Pray for the rest of us that we would boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. For those of you who are in corporate jobs, at your offices. For those of you who are in education, in your classrooms. For those of you who are stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads, in your home. For those of you who are between jobs and looking for employment, 
at your interviews, may we just boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Why? Because we love people and we know that Jesus is the only way. Powerful thought. Now, isn't it true? I had this thought. Isn't it true that that little verse doesn't get any attention because it comes right after the armor of God? And the armor of God gets all the press and gets all the airtime and all the description. But right after it, Paul says, put on the armor of God and continually pray. So what are the actions? Put on the armor of God, stand up. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. Don't just take the provisions of God and stop talking to God. Take the provisions of God. Put them on and keep praying. The last, the last action. The last action this morning is to keep alert. Is to keep alert. Verse 18 says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Have you ever been driving late at night and the rhythm of the road start to lull you a little bit and you're not paying attention maybe to the speed limit sign, maybe to the things that's going on, but you're not keeping alert. You're still in the moment. You're still on the freeway going 80 miles an hour. Well, for me, 60. (laughs) Right? But you're no longer alert. You no longer, and you know the danger of that. Listen to me. Isn't it true that sometimes we can be doing life, but we're not keeping alert? How do you keep alert? Put on the armor of God. You'll always be alert. When you're wearing combat clothes, you're more aware of the battle around you. That's important for us to understand. So to close, I want to ask you to do three things with this message. The first, I want to ask you to make sure that you're in the kingdom of God. You may be here today and you're thinking, what in the world is that guy talking about? When you come into the kingdom of God, God gives you resources to live a victorious Christian life, to live for Him. I'm not saying life is perfect. When we put on the armor of God, you know what that does? It says to the enemy, there's somebody to target. So I understand that even putting on the armor of God is a declaration of war against the enemy. But guess what? We're already in the war. So I'm not saying to you that everything is perfect. And I'm not saying that when you come to Christ, life turns peachy and rosy. There's people here who love Jesus with their whole heart that are struggling in life. But my friend, if you don't know Jesus, your eternity is in the balance. So what I want you to do with this message, step one, make sure that you're in the kingdom of God. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do do that. I mean, that's the starting point for all of this. Saying, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I want to give my life to you. I want my life to be abandoned into my trust of you, Jesus. Would you do that today? If you would do that today, I want to meet with you after the service. I just want to pray with you. I want to congratulate you. So what I would like from this message is, first of all, for us to make sure that we're in the kingdom of God. The second thing I wrote down in my notes about what I'm hoping will come out of this message 
is that we will praise God because he's given us provisions to live a victorious life. He's given us his armor. I mean, it's called the armor of God. He's given that to us. We don't have to lease it. We don't have to rent it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to buy it. When you come to faith in Christ, he says, I want you to live a victorious life. I want you to be strong in the Lord. Here's how I want you to do it. Take my armor and put it on. And if you want to break it down into even some more details, you know what we find out in here about God's providing for us? He educates us about the battle. He encourages us to be faithful. And He empowers us to stand against the enemy. God is good to us in this passage. So what do we do? Let's praise God. Third thing I want to ask you to do is to take the truth of what we've looked at and apply it to your own personal immediate situation. We're all at different places. We're all at different places in our spiritual walk with God. We're all at different circumstances in our life. We're all working through different things. It would be foolish for us to think that a big verse like this, a big passage would be applied to us equally. But I'm pleading with you to consider where you are and to consider what God's word is teaching us this morning and find a way to apply it to your personal life where you are right now. I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray over you this morning. Before we close and leave with the final blessing, again to our guests, thank you for being here. I remind you of the Welcome Center. We'd love to meet you and visit with you. But would you bow and just let me talk you through a prayer time. First, for those who need to give their life to Christ, let me... um, Let me just tell you that there's no secret prayer. There's no formula. It's just you and God. And it's just a place where you come to the place in life. And you say, you know what, Lord? I don't want to keep going without you. And that story is different for so many people. There's some people in here that I know that heard the gospel for the first time and they responded to Jesus. And then there's people who went to church for 20 years before they figured out that church attendance didn't make them right with God and that they needed to surrender their life to Jesus. And so wherever you are, whatever it is that is going through your mind right now saying, now is not the time, now is not the time, can you just put that aside and just be real with yourself right before God? Do you have peace with God? Are you ready today to meet your maker? And if you're not, even if it's silently where you are, if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, I just want to give you a moment to do that. And again, I would love to talk with you after the service.
my brothers and sisters, I want to give you a second, a moment to thank the Lord for his provision, that the armor of God exists, that we can put it on, that we can stand against the enemy. That there's something that we can do today to prepare for the attack of tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. But it forces us into this uncomfortable place, doesn't it? An awareness and an acknowledgement that the evil one exists and seeks to dismantle the church. And yet we praise God because He gives us the tools to stand. Lord, as a hundred circumstances and things rush through our mind right now about how to apply this and what's going on in our heart and what's going on in our mind, we just, we just spill it all before you, God. We just... Oh, your word is so good. And we're thankful that we've been together this morning, worshiping and praising and then considering and placing ourselves under the word of God so that it can press down on us and shape us and change us a little bit. We thank you for the journey through Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And the powerful way that you call us to stand strong in you and then for the gracious way you instruct us and you encourage us on what that means we declare as we close you have been good to us this morning and we thank you and we praise you in the name of jesus amen